today we're coming around this theme, the blessing. This is the overriding theme through our January series. What an appropriate declaration to make over our new year as we walk into it. You know, January is a time of shaping the path which we're going to walk on for the year ahead. But there is a mode in January which is so important not to miss. And my friend in Perth, M, just wrote this sweet little prose which I think describes this January season. And she titled it, Go Live. Go gently, dear one. Purposefully meander, peacefully pause. Go bravely, lovely one. Courageously capture unashamedly adventure, go lightly, precious one, freely breathe, quietly dream, go slowly, dear one, loosely plan, deeply doze, go. Isn't this our January mode? I don't know, have you kicked into this year yet or are you still hanging, hovering, clinging to the remnant of the January mode? I'm just determined not to neglect the gift of rest that is embedded in January because sometimes we miss January because we approach it with that Christmas crush mode and we, we forget to change gears but it's really important too because something happens in the space. God meets us in space. He moves in space. He fills spaces and when we give him space over this January season, he's going to impregnate that space. Actually, he's going to birth heaven's purpose in that space. So it's so important that we give him the margin, the mental margin, the physical rest so that he can speak, he can breathe over us in this January time. And you know, on an emotional front in this January time, here's what happens when there's space the reality of our emotional world comes to the surface because it's given room. And it's interesting what comes out sometimes. And I think sometimes that's why we keep moving so quickly is because we prefer not to acknowledge the undercurrent of our heart and our life. And Dr. Rebecca Ray says, don't fight the tides of your emotions. Freedom is found in directing your energy towards those things you can control and learning to let go of all that you can't. Sometimes you need to swim and sometimes you just need to float. And there's an incredible rest in floating, actually. I took Cleo swimming at the aquatic centre this week and she, she was floating in the water. She had her head on my shoulder and it was such a restful posture, actually. And sometimes, friends, when we've got these pools in our lives and these different pressures and we don't feel like we have authority to change everything around us, there is this posture called surrender in which we float and we lean our head on the great I am and we acknowledge his sovereignty in our life. And it's a very at peace place when we can find ourselves there. Uh, maybe you're floating in January. Maybe you don't know where everything's going to land this year. Maybe you're still going to be floating when you come to December. <laughs> we'll wait and see what the Lord has in store over this year. It says in Proverbs 16:9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I find they're often quite contrary or different to what we expect. Or he gives us a season in which the path is very clear for that season, but then he changes the game. It's always for a higher purpose. It's always for our greater betterment. It's always so he can bring more of his kingdom through our life. There's always a higher purpose and a higher perspective. 
We just need to let our hearts get in line with his higher plan, right? You know, it's always better to float than to swim against the current of God's high purpose. There's lots of great stories of great men and women that went to run in their own plan and purpose and end up in the belly of a whale, for example, (laughs) a place where they could think about God's purpose, (laughs) a place where they were removed for a time. So better uh, to get in the flow of what God's doing. Trust him even when you don't know where it's going to land. Lean into him. In time, it always becomes clear. And, you know, this week um, I took, I was making memories with my kitties and my dad was in town and we went up to the scenic, uh, whatever it's called, up in the Blue Mountains, scenic, help me people, railway. So there was a railway, Cleo didn't want to get on the railway, she was a little bit frightened, but we did do the cable car, except it was really so foggy this day, this cable car travels between two mountain points it was so foggy it was like when you take you have lift off in a plane and there's just cloud a hundred percent density cloud so it has a glass bottom this cable car and uh, but we could see nothing it was literally like being in the clouds in liftoff and I thought you know we can't see what's going on but it does not change the facts or the truth that we are traveling in a cable car between two mountains there's a deep ravine beneath us there are waterways beneath us there are two mountain peaks it does not change the facts we may feel like we're floating like we can't see where we're going but the facts still remain God made those mountains before he even put the little hovering cable car between it he made those mountains he formed you in your mother's womb even though you're floating even though you can't see your end destination it does not change the fact of his sovereignty and his handprint on your life and the fact that he's so with you in the midst of it all why don't we thank him in this place here today And I love this scripture, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. It says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over and 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 over the old history. He knows we can get stuck there going over and over There is no freedom in the going over and over. There's no power in the going over and over. There's no release in the going over and over. There's no fruit in the going over and over and over. Here's where the freedom is. It says, be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. Somebody in this place needs to know I'm about to do something brand new. I'm declaring it in this place today, even where you've been going over and over. Let me tell you, he says in this place today, I'm about to do something brand new in this place in Jesus' name. Here's what happens. It's like a pressure cooker. He brews and he he builds on the inside of us and then it's bursting out. It's like an explosion from what is on the inside of us. It it builds up. It's like a chemical equation of faith and the ability to see the unseen on the inside of us. And it builds like a pressure cooker. And then there is a bursting out. Let me tell you, there's going to be a bursting 
out in Parramatta. Let me tell you, the power of God is going to brew on the inside of you. It's going to build on the inside of you. It's going to waken you in the night. You're going to walk the streets, walk the streets, walk the streets. Declare, 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 declare. Cut down and build up. Cut down and build up. And let me tell you, there will be a bursting out in Jesus' mighty name. Don't you see it? See, when we're on the treadmill, when we're on the treadmill, when we're on the treadmill, we can't see it because we're caught in the old. We're caught in the old. We're caught in the old. God is nimble. He moves quick. He's going left and right. He's taking us higher and higher and higher. We have to get off the treadmill so that we can see. He said, don't you see it? The exasperation. He says today, don't you see it? If we'll get off the treadmill, if we'll awaken, we will see it. There it is. He's like, there it is, right in front of you, my friend. If you'll open your spiritual eyes, you'll see it's right in your very hand. There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Rivers in the badlands. He is the God of miracles. Streams flow in vacant, dormant places. This is who He is, the Spirit of life, the way-making God. This is who He is. If somebody's in agreement here today, why don't you just clap your hands, receive that word here today. Jesus. In seasons of unknown territory, and there are many in life. Prayer is the way that enables you to see what he is doing. He reveals it first in prayer, always. Psalm 18:28. God, all at once you turned on a floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness. And in your brightness, I can see the path ahead. We're talking about the blessing this January. And I really believe the blessed life is a soul at rest, a soul in Christ, a soul that knows peace and contentment. I don't think it's things or hoo-ha or whatever or big occasions. I really believe the blessed life is a soul at rest. And you know, in fact, chatting to friends you know, on New Year's Eve, coming out of New Year's Eve into 2018, we were going around and we were uh, reflecting on our highlight moments. And what I honestly found is that my highlights weren't event-driven or environment-driven. They were moments in worship. They were moments in conversation. They were moments when my soul was at rest. And I just want to um, talk a little bit about recovering our soul as we come into this new year, because I believe God has a purpose in the rest in this January lull, and it is for re recovery and recalibration and reclarification as we go into the new year. Isaiah 55.3 says, incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will, and come to me here, and your soul will revive. And the ESV version says, incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. Take time to incline your ear this January.
one of my all-time favourite things in all the earth is when he speaks to me. It's tailor-made. It's unique. (laughs) You see what I did there? (laughs) And it's you made. He speaks personally, uniquely. He understands our heart, our wiring, our frame. He made it. He gets us. There's nothing like it. You know, the other thing that's good for the soul is miracles are good for the soul. And I do believe this is a house of miracles. I believe in the atmosphere of this place. I believe that as you cross into the threshold of the atmosphere of this house, that the impossible becomes possible over your life. This is a house of miracles. His spirit dwells here and in him is life. In him is possibility that is limitless. And I love miracles. And sometimes miracles is like seeing two people get together and get married. (laughs) Like Laura and Ash had a recent wedding. And I just celebrate the interweaving of two lives. It's so precious. And actually, as they came together and they made their vows, I always feel a sacred God blessing on those wedding moments. I remember feeling the same thing at Chris and Leon's wedding. It's like he leans in when we invite him in because it is a sacred vow before God and as they stood I just felt this incredible presence of God as they came together and within their vows uh, they're so beautiful it was Laura as I look into your eyes today I look at victory a life restored and a promise fulfilled and Laura went on to say Ash as I look into your eyes today I look into the eyes of a dream fulfilled. See, my God is in the business of miracles. He's in the business of fulfilling dreams and he's in the business of fulfilling promises. Philippians 4.19 says, I'm convinced. I am convinced. That means that you can't debate me out. My circumstances can't uh, make me shrink back. I am convinced is a know that I know that I know on the inside. Uh, It doesn't matter what's coming at me. I am convinced. It's a level of steadfastness on the inside. I'm convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen. Friends, we have seen. For I have seen. It's not hard to know that he's a miracle-working, promise-fulfilling, dream-fulfilling God when we have seen. I'm calling us back to remembrance here today. I'm calling our eyes to witness again, to see again here today. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 you know what really helps us to remain convinced is at the inception of a promise because I find God imparts a promise it's like when he speaks or reveals it in his word it goes into your very spirit it's like grafted into who you are it becomes a living part of you it becomes a part of your blood flow part of your thought life a promise is like a seed that is in It's like via inception, via impartation, it comes into you and it becomes a part of you and then it gives us strength to endure 
in the waiting, right? And, you know, um, it's been a pleasure for me to walk alongside the Sabbath family in um, the realisation of the house dream, Rhonda's dream in particular. And, um, you know, I think I visited maybe five particular different houses over maybe five years, uh, some, some amazing rentals and some not amaz- so amazing rentals. And every house move... Um, I'd come with flowers because I'm not great at the cleaning, helping hands. I'd just show up with flowers, (laughs) which is actually not the greatest gift because people never know where the vase is. You bring the flowers and then they end up in the sink (laughs) with a little bit of water pooled at the bottom. And uh, with each move, I'd watch Rhonda's countenance diminish, diminish, diminish because it took a toll on her little heart and her faith because the struggle is real in the waiting of the fulfillment of the dream. God, where are you? (laughs) But then when I saw them move into their house, and it was interesting because along the way, God spoke to me at times. And I remember having a dream about the dream house. And I saw it, Britt, and we had a conversation over the kitchen bench one day. You might not remember it. And um, I'd had this dream, and I looked at the house And I knew it was the house, but it didn't look like Rhonda's style. And when I looked at the printed house of the one that you bought, which was the worst house on the best street, um, I knew that that's the one that I saw in my dream because, again, it didn't look like a house that Rhonda would choose. And I, I had this, I mean, what's the point of that prophetic insight? And another time in church, I got up. And I said, you're going to sign on your house this week. I just knew it. I didn't know you were actually signing that week on the house. What's the point of that um, prophetic insight in that moment? Another time later, you'd bought the house. You were furnishing the house now. I saw a chandelier hanging. Recently, I was at the home. I saw the chandelier in the box ready to be hung. What's the point of the prophetic insight? Or let's just strip it back. What's the point of the encouragement? It's to remind us of the promise in the waiting. Can I encourage us? We don't have to be a prophet to champion the dream of another, to um, stir the hope in the heart of another. What it's like, friends, it might seem insignificant to you, but I watch Rhonda, I watch her tarry, I watch the diminishing, I watch the effect and the toil of holding on to the fulfillment of the dream. And what it's like is, is deep sea diving, someone's in the depth of the ocean and you come with the oxygen mask and you put it on their face and they... <sighs> They breathe in with the encouragement of the word, with the declaration of the insight. And what it does is it it fills their lungs for that moment to give them a little bit of breath, a little bit of capacity, a little bit of lung capacity to get through until the landing of that sweet baby dream in Jesus' name. We can all do that. We can all be that person. Come on, let's give it up to Jesus here today. Be someone's messenger of hope. Be a champion of the vision and the hope and the dream and the promise that is on the lives of the ones that are surrounding you. Be a messenger of hope. Philippians 4.13 says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That infusing that happens, it's like a, a tea bag in hot water. You watch, you watch the tea 
permeate into that hot water. You watch it color the water. It's like it infuses in. In the reading of the word, in the basking in his presence, there's an infusing, a transfer, a blood transfer of strength that goes from one vein into another, one source into our humanity, strength into into the weakness and the vulnerability. There's an impartation as we draw from Christ. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. He puts his sustaining strength in us. Yes, he does. (laughs) You know, I think the greatest power in looking after your soul whilst you're waiting for the blessing to come, you're waiting for that dream to land, it's a simple truth. But it's the absolute truth, is knowing his intention toward us is always good. Always. Always. Always good. What I love about his kindness is it just keeps showing up. His kindness just keeps showing up. And if I'm honest, um, there's some renovating going around structurally in a Christhouse City-wide church right now. And I feel a little bit vulnerable in the change. I'm so okay with it because I'm in float mode. I'm trusting his sovereignty. I'm good. But I feel vulnerable in the change. And I've needed someone to bring the oxygen mask and just give me a little boost to help me to see beyond what I can see. And I've had word after word after word of profound, on point encouragement that is strengthening me on my walk. And the most beautiful thing that happened the other day was my 11-year-old daughter, Sienna, has just graduated out of being 11 to maybe 25. (laughs) She's becoming an amazing young minister. And she hears more than I thought. And maybe she's heard me sharing my heart with my parents over the summer period and sharing my concerns. And the other night as I was tucking her to bed, (laughs) she said, can I pray for you? And she put her hand on me. And she prayed the most prophetic authoritative, compassionate, on-point prayer that I could possibly, it was like Rhonda Sabbath was praying for me in that moment. And I cried and I received. God has a way of getting to us. His love and His goodness follow us. They seek us out. They pursue us to the ends of the earth. He's so good. Psalm 23, 2 says, offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love his tracks take me to an oasis of peace the quiet brook of bliss that's where he restores and revives my life friends we need to see our point of our point of angst under the anointing we need to view it under the lens through the lens of the power and the reconciliating power of the anointing the recovering power of the recalibrating the changing power 
of the anointing. And when you sit, and the other night I did this thing, I, I lay down, I put my hands on my heart, and I, I began to bring before the Lord the, the thorns, the, the, the words, the, um, the, the points of abrasion that didn't resonate with me. I just, I, I brought it before Him. And then I let His love like permeate that place permeate that thought, overtake, overshadow that thing. And let me tell you, nothing can withstand the power of the anointing to recover, to, to heal, to bind up. It changes the DNA of that thing. The anointing, properties of the anointing just overshadow and, and they change any dysfunction, any brokenness, even the dysfunction in ourselves. It will come in. It cuts through the power of the anointing. Friends, why don't you stand right across this room? The blessed life is a soul at rest. And what I know that I know that I know right now in this atmosphere here this morning, I know as you bring before my God, your points of exasperation, your points of pain, the things that are unreconciled in your heart and life. I know the anointing is going to flow like streams of healing and refreshing in this place right now. And He's going to enable you to see differently. The veil is going to be lifted in this place today because He sees you and all the intricacies and the details. He gets it. There's nothing He doesn't get. And He's going to breathe. And He's going to move in this place right now. Right out across this auditorium. He's going to meet you. All you need to do is just unveil that thing. 